Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Voice Spark Live. I am, as always, your host, Nick, followed by AJ in Idaho and Emily in Maryland. Tonight, we have a great show for you. We have actually the co-founder of GeekWire, Todd Bishop, with us, and I'm super excited to ask him tons of questions related to the voice world and just technology in general. But first... Let's uh, get to some news. Emily, let me kick it over to you real quick. What's up? Sure. Um, so I actually, I saw an article on voicebot.ai that um, Clubhouse is adding a payment system so people have the option to pay people running the rooms or the creators. Um, so I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. Um, and like what happens if you go into a room with, six moderators who is supposed to get the money and should the person who organized the room get the money or if it's a group discussion, should everyone get some money? <laughs> and also how is it gonna affect the content that's being presented in these rooms? And are people gonna feel more pressured to kind of come up with more mainstream content so that they attract people, uh, more people to their rooms? Yeah, I, I don't know what's really going to happen with this. I mean, I'm kind of uh, torn on it, to be honest with you, because I kind of see it as like almost like begging in a way, like, like oh, hey, I put on this great room. Could I have 50 cents? And maybe I'm wrong in that assessment, but um, I don't know if it's going to work out. I mean, I me personally... Uh, you know, I'm a quasi generous guy, but I cannot see myself for the life of me saying, Hey, you know what? Bob did a hell of a good job tonight. I'm going to go ahead and give him five bucks. I, I don't know. I can't, I, I, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's kind of like a tip. looks like send money. Yeah. yeah send money. But what's the take of clubhouse? I think that's another thing too. Uh, they're actually not taking anything. It's, oh. it's going all to the, I think there might be a small processing fee, but I think the, uh, the creators get everything. So I don't know about all that. I mean, have you guys ever seen somebody get a huge tip on Twitch? I saw a kid that was playing and somebody gave him like a $4,000 tip. Wow. Person, <laughs> yeah. He was making them laugh. Uh, he, the guy said something like do this in the game and then he did it. And so boom, I think that's kind of what it is. Somebody played uh clubhouse last night for me from their iPhone. So I could hear what it sounded like. And then we were talking about that. It was kind of like that live aspect that, you know, yeah, you're doing that right now. This is a one-time only yeah. conversation. It's like a party, like a house party kind of thing. So, and you know, you, you're, you were, you're one of the unprivileged. You don't have a iPhone. Mm -mm. So mm -mm. someone had oh. to play it through Google meet to wow. their, their iPhone. That's wild, you know, but yeah. Hey, you know what? It, it's at least we live in these technological times where even people with, with, uh, Android phones can enjoy Clubhouse. Yeah, well, I'm sure Clubhouse, the back end, there's like seven services for streaming audio. And yeah, I'm working on one right now. It's going to be for voice and it's going to be for, we can play games, and shoot, throw Alexas at each other and uh, and talk to each other or drive Mario Kart style. Karting. That would be In cool. VR too, yeah. So, we'll so I... I don't know. I mean, uh, what's your take on it, Emily? If you were going to Vegas, do you think this is going to pay off? I I don't know, honestly. Um, I think it could go either way. 
And uh -huh. I'd be interested to see where it does go. For me, I think as a frequent listener, um, I don't know, I might feel like pressured if I join a room that I would have to give yeah. money every time. So it, yeah. It's going to create some awkwardness. Like um, it reminds me of dining in Canada because my wife is Canadian and what she does, what they do is the waiter or waitress will bring you a thing that you plug your card into. It's like a remote uh, card reader, right? So you plug it in there and then it's like tip. And then they're like right there. I mean, even if the person's you know, was the most terrible waiter or waitress in the world, you're still going to feel obligated like, uh, and then are you giving enough? Or are you giving too too less? Exactly. I, just, I don't know, man. I got to see it in action. But as of right now, I'm not 100% sold. AJ, what do you think? Well, I just think that the idea of getting people together with with audio like this is is real. I mean, you need to have people have a casual way to be able to communicate with each other and there's something about the live aspect of it that I think is, I think there's a little bit of a rebound from the, um, the pandemic and the lockdown. So it's kind of hard to say if this would have happened um, on its own, or if this is sort of sort of a rebound from the, the lockdown, but I think it's good for people to be able to talk to each other in a nice, you know, a nice environment. And especially when you have people who can, it's the same thing I thought was great with lemur. And that's yeah. what I was thinking. So it's a social audio. I hope lemur trademarked that international goods code nine mp3 cds downloadable recordings you yep. might want to think about that but the idea is that um when a person has to actually account for what they say they can't just type something and then run away i kind of like that idea yeah so people I, are speaking I, they have to account for what they're saying they have to answer yes. explain themselves but again it's only as long as somebody can remember it right so like there's really no real trace that's built into the actual clubhouse app. So let's say like I see Terry Fisher all the time, uh, you know, voice den, voice den happy hour. What if I miss that? There's no way to replay it. Now, you know, Terry and, and Ian, they're coming up with ways to stream it on Amazon Alexa and do all this other crazy stuff. And that's great, but there's no way inside of the native app to go back and listen to old broadcasts. And I think that's where they probably need to go. Hmm. Yeah, and well, I'm, you can I'm always curious listen how... to our show. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> you can always go back and listen to our show. Hell <laughs> yeah. Good. We have a record of it. So, I'm curious where this is going to go after the pandemic, too. And if once we start going back in person, if this is going to be as prevalent. Well, I can um, tell you that, playing, uh, that VR, <laughs> have you guys seen big screen, the VR, uh, where you go and watch a movie and there are other people in the theater? Yes. <laughs> this is um, cool creepy feeling because there you see somebody that's like this and then you see them turning to look at you and then they like go like <laughs> this and then they disappear or something and uh you're supposed to like there's one other one where you you're supposed to put your hand up it's like talk to the hand and that mutes the other person so uh -huh. i think it's kind of in the same vein the idea of live interaction i always hope that people will you know the technology will help increase people's civility so yeah. If if did you guys find that the people were communicating better than let's say if you were in person or were they communicating you know like when they're on NPR or on the radio people go that extra mile to communicate well and try to enunciate did you kind of sense that from the people that were on Clubhouse when you were there 
Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I mean. Well, I think so. The the yeah. only thing you have is communication. Really, you can't. Mm-hmm. You have the voice, so that that's all you're doing. Yeah. So I, I think we make an effort to communicate well through Clubhouse. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's good for that. I just eh, I really want to see how that monetization plans out because uh, I don't I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe know. they could turn their the those into NFTs. And then sell them. <laughs> well, I mean, right. it's only one person, right? Yeah. Or so whatever a- that is in the contract. So AJ, do you got any voice first news for this week? Uh, well, Ocean Waves is 141 million downloads, so that's pretty good. Your skill, Ocean Waves. Yep. Yep. Wow. And I set it up. I set it up in my art studio, so when people come in to look at the art, they're gonna have a nice ambience. Um, and they're gonna they're the gonna ocean hear wave. Ocean Waves. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, talking to a person who who actually saw you, Emily, and he's from Boise, and he has a great great idea for helping people out with Alexa. I won't go into any details about it, but um, it's something that he uses, something that I think a lot of people can use to help people who are injured or hurt uh, get uh, therapy. But then also, he wants to put together a. Um, a website that's like a source for voice first. So if you're going to create an app or you want some consulting, um, he did a whole body of work for it. And now he's kind of going to start looking for people to contribute. So we just had a, con- a conversation about that. And I said, well, geez, Nick's going to get his uh, corpus of beta testing together. That would be great. Is so, that the thing? Is that the thing that you sent us the other night? Yep. Yep. God, that thing is awesome. It's called right. uh, voice first something what's it called oh well i you know i'm just saying okay let's see here it's right here i forget what it's called okay, okay. hold on you posted it uh let me check it out voice first launch pad yes voice first yeah. launch pad yep. yep do you think can i put it in the description yeah can I put it in chat? Yeah, absolutely okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw it in the chat well that's what we talked about it was like that whole idea of i was like so why are we chatting about this i was like is this like to get rally you know he's like yeah Nice. Because it was work that's that awesome. he did, and then the pandemic hit, and uh, you know, it knocks you out if you if you're not involved with something for uh, after a while, you get kind of knocked out of it, and then you need to get some emotional reason to get the sparks going again. So I told him to, that I'll introduce you guys, and um, I think it'd perfect. Be great. Yeah, yeah, I I'm think excited. I think it's nice to have a dictionary slash encyclopedia of everything that's voice first. Like if you want to yeah. get if you want to get into the world of voice first, this is the Wikipedia for it, and this is where that's you right. need to go. So yeah, that was his idea. That was awesome. his niche. Yeah, that, that would be super helpful for someone like me who's just starting out in conversation design and voice. And <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah. yeah. So I was telling him that I was like, no, that's great. That's great. He's like, well, I, should, I don't know if I should keep doing. It. I'm like, yeah, you just got to get some some rallying points around it. So it is. Now voicefirstlaunchpad.com and yeah. with that being said let's say you do know a lot about a voice and voice first and you want a app or a voice app skill action bixby capsule check out witlingo witlingo for all of your voice app needs witlingo that is this month's sponsor so Good with that man. being said though i do have a job alert So uh, I was on the phone today with uh, the CEO of Skilled Creative. Uh, Many of you may know him as Brandon Kaplan. He's on all the socials. And he actually um, 
we were talking and he wanted me to put out there that uh, he, there is an opening for a developer. So they're looking for a part-time or full-time developer uh, that can handle uh, a heavy workload of developing for these uh, different platforms. And um, here's some of the companies that you will be working with and their content. And this is coming directly from the Skilled Creative uh, website. So you could see Meredith, HBO, uh, Warner Music Group, the MBA. If you haven't tried their MBA skill out, I'm not a big MBA fan, but I'm telling you, the skill will will fulfill your your basketball needs. And then um, you know Pfizer, FanDuel. So if you're interested, the only thing you have to do is either a contact them through their website or b check out his LinkedIn profile and go ahead and connect with him, message him. And uh, as you can see, even in his background, he has a lot of those companies that they have uh, that they have done work with and are still doing work with now. So this is a very top level uh, skill agency. So uh, if you're out there and you've got one hell of a good skill set and you want you want or need a job, check out Skilled Creative. Right on. That and is great news. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, AJ. So I'll probably have some more news after uh, this next upcoming week. Cool. I know. I'm so yeah. excited. Our trip. Tennessee, Chattanooga. Me, I know. Me and AJ, we get the room together. We get the bunk together. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> right. So with, that being, so with that being said, we have um, our guest, Todd Bishop, the co-founder of GeekWire. Are you guys ready to bring him on? Yeah. Yes. I'm ready. All right. Awesome. Let's do it. Hi, Todd. How's it going? Hi Thanks there, for coming on uh, Hi, Nick. Live. Hi. Hi, Emily. Hi, Nick. Hi, AJ. Hi. Great to be here. Awesome. Um, thanks again for accepting our invitation. Um, yeah. you know, it was a funny story. Um, I reached out to Todd and I was reaching out to him continuously through email <laughs> and I reached out to him on Twitter and he's like, Hey, FYI, if, if the email doesn't have a name to it, I put it in the lead pile and I'm like, Oh, okay. And it, it makes perfect sense. Right. Cause you get all this spam and, um, but I thought it was funny and I'm like, are we still on? He's like, yeah, we're still on. I'm coming on. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, uh, it's a funny little, uh, side joke there, but, uh, uh, it was a good experience. Um, so Todd GeekWire started back in 2011, about 10 years ago. Uh, you guys have done some amazing journalism, but also some great product review. And the ecosystem that you guys have is um, phenomenal. Uh, let me ask you this just to start out. What was your, What was your goal for this? How did this thing start out? Absolutely. My colleague, John Cook, and I were longtime business and tech newspaper reporters. So we uh, met originally uh, back in uh, 2002 at the Seattle Post-Intelligencer newspaper, which once you hear that name, you got to start to realize why it's not around anymore. The brand may not have been a, the kind of thing that rolled off the tongue. People mm -hmm. call it the Seattle PI. It was one of the two daily newspapers here in Seattle. And John was covering venture capital. I was covering Microsoft a lot and software and technology. And I think we both just realized that Seattle deserved a national technology news site of its own. And 
you know, at the time, Amazon was still very young um, and Microsoft was kind of on the ropes. The startup community was strong, but certainly not what it is today. And, and I think we both feel like that vision proved very true over the long term when you see especially the, the growth that's happened over the last decade, especially. And, um, you know, we're, we're rooted here in Seattle, but we end up having a national and international audience just because of all the interest in, in everything that's going on here. So that, that was the vision and it's largely come to pass. Um, so that's, that's Did you idea. have an interest in tech before you started reporting on it, like growing up or did that kind of oh, evolve as your career evolved? Yeah. No, absolutely. I grew up, uh, you know, in the early, not the early days of PCs, but you know, like in the, it, when I was in elementary school in the eighties, you know, the, I, I'll throw out some names, the leading edge, uh, personal computer, the IBM clones of the day, you know, in the Commodore 64, by the way, just uh, proof that I am here in Seattle, you can hear the train, uh, that just, just off in the distance. Um, so yes, absolutely. I've always been into tech. I, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, I loved video games and um, did some basic coding and, and that, that sort of thing. And But I had not covered technology until at the paper, the, the Microsoft reporter, beat reporter went on to something else. And the editor said, hey, you, you know, like you seem to know something about these computer things. Like maybe you could do this beat. <laughs> and uh, sure. Yeah. And it, it was funny because John actually tried to convince me not to do it because at the time Microsoft was kind of this white whale of uh, technology. They had just gone through their antitrust era. Uh. And um, it was kind of like that, that you'll never crack that beat. And so I always give him a hard time for telling me not to do it. Cause, and it's also one of the first of many times that I didn't listen to him and it turned out okay. So I give him a hard time about that as well. <laughs> Did you have to have informants like, Oh, sure. You know, take them out to coffee and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's half the fun. It's like a beat. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. No, we very much approached it because both of us come from traditional newspaper backgrounds and journalism backgrounds. John's mom was a reporter for the Akron Beacon Journal and he would wow. hear it around the, the, the dinner table and and um uh, i've been a newspaper and a, a reporter in various forms since i was in high school you know um so so there's an energy to it so i mean yeah when your news has a certain energy to it i work part-time in a newspaper and there's just a certain energy to it they know everything about everybody they're talking about stuff you know uh, they're got inside information that nobody else would believe stuff like that and they've got a, all these responsibilities about how to phrase stuff. Even if it's true, you still have to think about how it's going to be received and attribution, sourcing, ethics, mm -hmm. making sure it, and especially now, you know, that making sure everything is equitable, that your coverage is truly representative of the community, um, which is another issue in tech, because, you know, even if you are representative of the, of the tech community, you're not necessarily representative of the larger population. There's just, there's a lot yeah. of responsibility that comes with it and it's difficult. It, and to their credit, I think readers are more willing than ever to hold journalists to account. And, um, oh, yeah. I, I think that's, that's a healthy thing if people are open to that criticism and, and not everyone is right in their criticism, but I think you've got to keep an open ear and an open mind. And it's a, it's a complex business as, as simple as it is, you know, figuring things out, say that. but, but yeah, That's it's complex. a great attitude coming from a, from a news source. Well, glad you to know, hear it. I, I, 
I learned a lot at the PI. There was a, we had a reader representative uh, named Glenn Rosendahl and he would coach us on, and, and you know, you learn, you just learn. Okay. And, and you realize, oh, that's the right way to do it is to listen. That's why we're here. Yeah. So, so the other cool thing about your job is that you get to try out some really cool gadgets as they come out. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, is that an Amazon wall clock? behind you yes that's a nickel clock hey i love it for you i love it i think it's, <laughs> it's one okay. of the unsung heroes of the amazon echo lineup i, I yeah, love mine. Just unsung. it's unsung it's okay it's i i you know I, it's a clock and when my packages <laughs> arrive downstairs it flashes yellow so that's cool mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. and you know you can set a timer yep but it's but do you think though nick that they'll because it seemed like it was released and then i think at one point it was actually this continued and then put back out. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah. it feels like they need to return to this. Cause I've heard this talking with Amazon people. Of course, that's been a neat thing about the, mm -hmm. well, not a neat thing, but you know, you yeah. see each other's homes now. Mm -hmm. And that is always a conversation piece with people from Amazon or people who know Amazon and the people inside Amazon, actually it's, it, this is not the fire phone. This is something that people actually like. Yeah. Why yeah. aren't, why aren't they come out with a new version of it? I don't know. I think it'd be nice to have even like uh, some sort of like digital clock. Well, you know what I think they're doing here? Here's my conspiracy theory. I think they're prepping you for the command center display that's coming out. I think that's mm -hmm. going to be the replacement to that or, or it'll be the alternative. So if you just want the clock, you could get that for 30 bucks. But if you want the, command center you're going to pay 200 or maybe they're using it so they can get extra uh intel on package delivery times or something like that yeah, there you go. a select group of people that they're polling from so they can feed their ai models i i love i i like it i think it was at a good price point i mean i think it's 30 dollars. i mean for a clock that's connected and and you know you could set timers and see the little ticker go by i mean i don't think you know, at the price point, I thought was just perfect. Um, Emily, what do you what do you think about the Echo Wall Clock? Are you a fan? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to try one. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, You're in the so, right field for getting. Uh, yeah, we're doing the right thing. That's getting the chance to talk positively about people's products. That's oh, that's always going to be. Um, or, or negatively. Or negatively. Do you have any yeah, other yeah. gadgets that you've? that you maybe like a favorite one that you've yep. been able so, to work with? Yeah. So this is the halo band speaking yeah. of, yeah, I, I don't know. So, and actually it's, it's ironic. I was just having trouble syncing it before we came on. I was planning to do the trick where you double click it and it monitors your specific conversation to see what my tone would be at the end of this, because, you know, this is the one controversially somewhat where they, uh, listen to your conversations and then I get a report at the end of the day on moments when I was positive, negative, um, anxious, whatever, uh, thinking of voice as a, a overall indicator of health, um, oh, or wow. one, one component of health, I guess. Oh man. I don't want anything to do with that. I got a, I got a nine year old and a six year old in the house, you know, ah, you know, so could you imagine what that was, that, what my uh, chart would look like? I'd be all over the place. <laughs> you, my wife, you'd be able to censor your own, uh, uh, report and be able to yes. redact. Well, you know, the thing that they announced recently is this integrates with the, with, a, with Alexa. 
can you say that word on this yeah. show? You can't. Well, <laughs> maybe. I just I just muted. I just I mute, I mute the do not. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my wife at the end of the day can say, give me my report, give me my tone of voice report. And it gives her the my report, which I'm not so hot on. But, but she's like <laughs> entitled to half of your uh, possessions. So I think it's just legally exactly. just she already. Yeah, even report. Yeah, even half of your voice report. That's awesome. I'll tell you so what. Sentiment I analysis. I'll tell you what I was impressed with, though, this week. And I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on it. I went out and against against all the best interest in my heart, I bought a Google Nest Hub second generation i'm an i'm an amazon guy i love my lady alexa you know what i mean i mean um that's just me that's who i am late lady alexa lady alexa that's right um, i you know i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not on board with that <laughs> but um so anyhow uh i went out and i bought the uh the google nest hub sec um second version and i started using it but I wanted to use the sleep tracking. I was really, mm -hmm. yeah. really, really uh, curious to see how that would work. And it, it works. It just works. Like uh, you position it kind of like uh, on an angle near your nightstand. You lay down for about 10 seconds. It does a reading. It calibrates itself. And you only have to do that once. And then every night whenever you go to sleep, it shoots out these beams and keeps track of how much you're, you're moving at night. And then yeah. based off of some algorithm, it gives you a report on how you did. It keeps track of your snoring, respiratory, um, a whole bunch of other things. And it, it, I, my hat goes off to Google for it because finally I've got something positive to say about them. Hmm. Wow. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's crazy. I mean, well, I, are it's, they, like, what kind it's of like up is down. Is it, are you talking about infrared beams? Are they I don't know pinging your body them. with high energy microwaves? Yeah. There's that. Is that what it is? Every night. Because there was a news article, I think it was New Scientist. It was like a, I think it was two years ago that some folks at the MIT, they cracked the ability to like hack a Wi Fi device and they can send out a ping and get your heart rate from that. And I was like, boy, that happened fast. They just like ah. published that. And then Google just must have said, here's a couple hundred million. Let's get this in. Let's try it the, out. The biggest thing that gets me, I'm okay with it as long as it does not have a camera. It cannot have a camera. I, I like if it's in the bedroom, if it's in the bathroom, I know some people have them in their bathrooms, but if it's in the bedroom or the bathroom, it's definitely a no go if it has a screen. Um, also, and I don't know if you know this, but this is kind of a little bit of product placement here. I have one of these hooked up upstairs. This is one of the first companies that that were on our show, Electric Chateau. They have this thing called a buzz off. Have you ever heard of this? Mm -mm, no. Okay, so these are for people like me, like tinfoil hat people. And what it is, is it hooks into the AC uh, plug and it's all done based off of AWS web services. So whenever you tell her to go away, it literally kills the power to the device. So there's uh, no like, yeah. there's no like, oh, maybe it's still recording, even though it's saying it's not. Like, no, the, the power is cut. So I keep I keep those up up in my bedroom as well, too, because I don't want uh, you know, I, I, you should have privacy in your home. There should be some rooms where it's off limits. 
And I think bathrooms, bedrooms um, are some of those places. That's just my Absolutely. two cents. What do you think? What do you think, Emily? I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very, very convenient. Uh, you know, I love the smart home thing, but at the end of the day, you know, you don't want, uh, um, you just don't want her hanging out in your bedroom. The yeah. Getting back to GeekWire, I wanted to comment that uh, the, all the articles on there, I mean, number one, the University of Washington spin out Icosavax raises a hundred million to fund vaccine te development technology. That's the number one thing I've been thinking about this entire pandemic is that's the number one thing technology wise. And then as I was, well, I've, I've been a follower, but just great, great articles there. Great, great articles. So I'm an Android guy and I have a Google news feed and I was telling Todd before the show, it was like, I think I want to just get your app and just start going oh, to that our app is, our app no nah, i don't know about that or just the website but, but i yeah. i love the uh the, the the title the titling it's not you know a lot of um a lot of sites use like what i call manipulative headlines where they're they're trying to give you something that's that's obtuse and so your brain can't make sense of it to try to draw you yeah. in yeah, we. I'm sure uh, Geekwire, longtime Geekwire readers would tell you we're not immune to that. Oh, oh yeah. Times. Although, although I think there's a there's an art to actually following through. Right. It's the pay, the payoff. Yeah. I, I will tell you that most one of the most popular stories ever in the entire history of Geekwire is one that I think illustrates the potential for clickbait to uh, not not be so great. It was yes, you can how to play Xbox 360 games on your Xbox One. This was back right when the Xbox One came out, when you could not actually, the discs were not backwards compatible. Oh. And what our uh, reporter did was he took the HDMI cable from the Xbox 360 and plugged it into the Xbox One. And I got to tell you, we got so many complaints about that and rightly so. Yeah. But to your point, AJ, I mean, this is how we, and I, we don't, that's not our general practice. And I think it was maybe, well, I'll, I'll fess up. I wrote the headline. It was late at night. <laughs> it was a slip, but that's not, it's generally not what we do, but it shows you that's why sites do it. It is one of the most yeah. popular stories on our site ever for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the other thing that I really that liked, headline. The, the other thing I really liked about the site was the fact that, um, you know, it, you guys, it seems to me that you guys do a really good job of skirting like the the bounds of like other other news categories, but also tech. Like um, some of the articles that you have on there, and I'll bring I'm going to bring up one here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Well, I like the resources there under resources, the Amazon office buildings. And if you just would like to get a gauge of, of all the Amazon office buildings, it's like, <laughs> it's like an yeah. outbreak of Amazon office buildings in the Seattle area. Lots of red, uh, Amazon once many Starbucks, uh, similar. Density. So, so this article right here really caught my attention of like why the CEO tech is pulling his company out of downtown Seattle and isn't returning. And I think, like, see, this is like good journalism. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you have to look at how the decisions of like city council and all this other stuff is affecting low to mid, um, small to medium sized businesses. And for this guy, 
he just, it's not feasible for him. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, it just makes financial sense for him to move somewhere else, somewhere that's a little bit more tax friendly. Maybe he goes up north to Bellingham, whatever. But um, I, I thought it was great. And <clears throat> these are the kind of stories that you're going to find on GeekWire. And I love it. The other one that I like that you had out there recently was uh, um, the article about uh, Amazon's call centers and the unionization. And I thought that was another good kind yeah. of kind of thing as well, because um, even though these companies play a big part in in tech, um, they still have to kind of, you know what I mean? We you still got to keep an eye on them, and if you're not out there doing it, who's going to do it? Yeah. I was actually curious um, in what ways the pandemic has like affected your reporting and the articles that you've been able to put out. That's a great question. Yeah. It it's helped in some ways, actually. It's helped in other ways, it's not. Um there was a, a story uh, very early on that struck me. Um, I, I was just curious like how churches were handling all this stuff and from a mm -hmm. tech perspective. And and uh, we have a couple startups locally that are um that do various things with uh church technology. And um it was really interesting because I felt like I was just much more efficient. I was able to get people on Zoom and have the quality of interaction or close to it that I would have if I had visited their offices and do it in a day, whereas opposed to if I had traveled and everything, it could have, would have taken multiple days. But at the same time, you're losing something by not being there. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's good enough, but th there are times when it would have been really great to be there. Um, and, you know, it to the point of what I was saying earlier, it's actually, it allowed me to be, you know, a little bit, um, because I was able to be more efficient. I was able to get more voices in there, mm -hmm. people from the Muslim community, right. the Christian community, you know, it, it was, I was able to be much more comprehensive and diverse, but ultimately like I would have wanted to have gone to one of their recordings or their, one of their services or something. So I, I wasn't able to get quite as much as I could if I had been there in person. So, but it was nice to know yeah, that you, yeah. like you was nice to know that all of your skill set is workable. If you can't leave the, the if you can't leave the house, yes. so it still works, yeah. but then there was some of that drawback of missing that interaction. I know that's true. Cause even just a small amount of uh, delay or loss of quality or even just, I mean, I had no idea Nick was six foot three. I was, I thought he was, I, I just had a different sense of I'm sure you thought he was six nah. foot seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also, as I was taking a look at that, the, it's not I have to give you a personal comment about your writing style because there's a certain rhythm to it. I'm seeing that it's like day two, how this third party Amazon seller turned the tech giants knockoff product into a win that has a rhythm to it. And also why this Seattle tech CEO pulled his company out of downtown and isn't returning anytime soon. It has a very good rhythm oh, to thanks. it. Thanks, I appreciate AJ. that because it's, it's actually treats me like I'm an intelligent human being who actually wants a sentence that is making me consider whether I'll read it, read the article. Mm -hmm. And that <laughs> may be your hear. writing style, but as a founder, I'm sure that that the sanity because civilization is kind of reflective, um, a lot about what it tolerates in terms of its uh, communication styles and what it's willing to hear and yeah. say to each other. 
Yeah. Headlines are a team sport for sure. The headlines are, they're, they're the most important thing at the newspaper. We used to agonize over our leads, the first sentence, but now it's, you know, headlines are the things that convince people, as you're saying, whether or not to, to sit down and click or to click to, to, yeah. Yeah, to, 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 there was this phrase that I really loved at one point in, in some story that was about Facebook. It was back when they were making the mobile shift and I wish it, wish it had caught on it was a thumb stopper. I think that's like, I love that, you know, like yeah. we used to talk at the newspaper, like, you know, nice. or, or the editors used to say, Hey, this is a, this is a real, Hey, Mabel. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but the whole no, idea what was is that? What's that, a hey like, Mabel? this, this, and in fact, we had a word somebody would read the it hey Mabel. like, Hey, Mabel, Hey, Mabel, you got to read this, you know, which is oh. talk about sexist anyway. How about the, Hey, George, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but I liked the the modern version of that being the thumb stopper. That's a oh, it's a real thumb stopper. And anyway, yeah. I, I I always wanted yeah. that to catch on. Maybe we can start it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also using that. <laughs> well, I came my, when I was sixteen. I started working at a Clear Channel radio station, and the, my mentor was the voice of like fifteen radio stations. And I started to learn that every single word, every single tone of voice, everything matters. You, it's like no real gray area you either nail it or you kind of fall short and so it was always um it was interesting it was it was like a competition to be able to be as sharp as you possibly can be and it's almost like being on top of your game uh but you get to hear it so it's a totally you could use sound effects and things like that you guys can't really you know use blinking colors and things like that so you have a, a little bit of a handicap there so my hat's off to you for maintaining your integrity uh we, we try. Yeah. I so, also saw um, that you're, you've been, or GeekWire has been doing virtual events. Um, mm -hmm. And has, have you been able to do like a lot more events than you normally would have because they're virtual? And that has that affected your readership? Yes, we've uh, been doing a lot more virtual events and it has affected the makeup of our event attendees. And I need to be clear, this actually, I'm fortunate, my colleague, John Cook and our business and events team, they get to they, they are the masters of this. And I basically uh, whine and show up and, 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 and do the interviews. Not, I'm, I'm being somewhat <laughs> facetious there, but like they, they are the hard work. And I, I, I have the luxury at this point of being able to focus largely on trying to get land speakers and guests, which you all know nice. a, a lot about. Yeah. That's why I always say yes when somebody asks me to, to be on. Um, oh, sweet. It's, the little, it's my little karma. That's yes. I'm trying to do that. Um, but Thank to your point, Emily, I like, yes, it, the number has significantly increased and it's one of those, again, where there's a trade-off, our big event every fall is the GeekWire Summit. And this past fall, we had been trying for years to get Bill Gates, Bill Gates to, to join us. And he did join us this time and it was, it was great. And I've been able, been fortunate to interview him in person in the past. And I just have to say, like the, the, the separation of the screen, you know, talking to each other through a screen, even though it, it just, it's not quite the same. And so I am looking forward to getting back to virtual events. Um, yeah. But you know what? He can't um, sorry, like realize. open a jar of yeah. malaria mosquitoes. Uh, exactly. Over Zoom. So that's kind of good. <laughs> that's a deep, that's a deep cut, AJ. That's a Ted, Ted reference from, I think like 2016 when he made the point. And I think afterward is basically saying, if you're not worried about malaria, maybe you are now. Here you go, people. <laughs> that was it. Was a great moment. He's he's got some good uh, PR folks who know what they're doing, know how uh -huh. to get attention. Yeah, and he's got that advanced house, so all of his floors are heated. All kinds of cool stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is do you think when you go? Oh, go ahead. Is it true that his kitchen has nothing but fossils as the tile? I heard that as like I, a little kid. I have no idea. <laughs> I have not been in his kitchen. I would not, not be surprised. Pieces. He's I'm not doing saying. fluff pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, that's hey, that's not true. I'm totally. There's lots of fluff pieces. So. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, Ben was asking, uh, "What's the yeah. story yeah. that you're most excited about right now?" Yeah. Was he? Was it? Oh. Uh, the, Mr. Uh, Falvo. Yeah. yeah. Ben broken, has, we broken. Yeah. yeah Ben's got stri- Ben's got strep throat. So he, he wasn't able to join us. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, he's, he's all, uh, he's all dinged up, but he is resting and uh, he will be ready to rock and roll in uh, two weeks from tonight. So, so rest yeah. easy, <laughs> but yes, he wanted to know yeah. uh, what's a big story that you broke at geek wire that you were really excited about. So this goes back a little bit, um, but there's been a couple times when we've really been able to nail a couple of Apple acquisitions of significant startups here in the Seattle region. Um, one was called Turi, which was a machine learning startup that really formed the foundation for a lot of the basic machine learning that you see in the iPhone um, mm. these days. And uh, th- there was another one called Synosis, actually, that Google acquired, not Apple, but in this case, Google uh, that uh, was a health startup that really started to give an, an indication for these big tech companies being um, very interested in uh, health technology. And the reason I loved that one was because we actually were able to do a follow-up. And I love when you can do public records requests of public institutions like the University of Washington and others where you can get the behind the scenes stuff. And we actually were able to follow up and figure out that it wasn't just Google writ large that acquired this health company, but it was Nest specifically. And they were trying based on the emails we got from the public records requests to the UW, University of Washington, which Synosis was a spin out. They were trying to keep that secret. So I love stuff like that. And this was a few years back, but that that's like a good representative example of taking sort of the traditional journalism approach applying it to the tech industry. And, you know, not every tech review site is thinking, oh, what what's the public records request we could do on this story? Mm-hmm. And we had to wait a year for those emails to come back. And wow. so obviously the relevance wow. had somewhat been lost at that point, but still like we made a big deal about it because we figured this out. And so I, I love that kind of stuff. That nice. is cool. Do you have a favorite type of tech news to report on? That's a great question. I, I really, um, you know, Oh, so I'm a nerd on regulatory filings. So I like the 10K filing from Amazon arrives in my inbox. That's the annual filing. And I know people's eyes are going to be glazing over. Trust me, it's amazing. Uh, It arrives in my inbox. I get the alert. It's like Christmas morning for me. So it's my, they're very interesting documents. I had a, a friend of mine, Blake, told me he's like, you need to read the SEC filings for Amazon. Yes. And I did the 2009 SEC filings, and they go in there and they say they spent a half a billion dollars on making the best, paying people the most amount of money to make the best, uh, improve those algorithms. Yeah. Well, and there's cool stuff in there. There is my. Here's, yeah. Here's my pro tip to to that point, AJ. Compare docs. There's a feature in Word called Compare Docs. It's popular among lawyers because they can see the difference in one version of a document versus another. If you download the SEC filing 
as a text file or a Word doc, and then you put them into the compare docs feature, you can immediately see in red underline what's different in, for example, 2020 versus 2019. Nice. And there's your story because what's news? It's what's different. It's what's new. And there's sure there's cool. there's so much. I, I love little tricks like that. That is cool. My, my favorite. Oh, by the way, then I want to give you a tip. Yeah, please. Use, um, use Amazon Polly. Uh, take your text and use Amazon Polly for something that's difficult. Like say it's like a, like a scientific article or something like that. Turn it into a Amazon Polly MP3 and then you can listen to it multiple times. And through osmosis, you can actually get halfway there with new subject matters. Uh, now, do you just do that through the web with Polly or do, do you it, have an yep, app? Through your AWS login. Yeah. And if it's wow. any larger than necessary, if it's any larger than I think a thousand characters, all you have to do is just give it permission to write to an S3 bucket and it'll export it. And you can use the neural voices and they come out really good. Um, <laughs> and then if you have any issue, just uh, put it into Audacity or something, slow it down or speed it up. But Now, now you're talking my language. Okay. Yes. So my big thing is uh, Pocket. And I'm a huge, so I think I pay for premium pocket, the, oh, the so. app okay. solely because I, my thing is if I, if there's an article online that I don't, you know, in the, your daily workflow, it's hard sometimes like a long form article, I'll use pocket, but I use the premium because I love to just hit the headphone button and then I can just yes. hear it later. That's, that's right. And that's, see, to me, that's the fascinating thing about voice, not to, not to talk about the subject of the show, but the, you know, <laughs> to me, the, the, the ability to change context, to add value by switching the, the form of the media. I mean, that to me is really where the power is. And um, I know a lot of news sites have the little buttons that you can do to read it. But I, I don't think people have really solved this. And like, if I were going to do a startup in voice, which I'm not, I mean, I think there's something there using poly or whatever. Um, I'm a huge fan of otter.ai. The whole auto transcript phenomenon has completely changed the way I do my job. Um, and oh, yeah. the ability, I'm not, and, and, you know, like my old journalism professors would have scolded me for this because Sure, yeah, sometimes a recorder doesn't work, but I have enough confidence in it at this point. It allows me to, and of course, always say, ask permission to record and let folks know. And um, But to be able to stop and focus on what somebody is saying versus focus on getting it down, and then just you know, 15 minutes later, have a, a transcript that's rough enough to be a, a real good roadmap oh, to the huge. quote you want. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it saves me hours a week. Oh, but not only that, but even listening to the audio a second time, you go back and you realize, totally. yeah, if you can get in the habit of doing that, it actually um, helps you to be more present the next time that you're having a live conversation. So it's almost like, well, you know, the thing is, is that a, a third of your brain is dedicated towards uh, parallel processing, you know, your temporal lobes. And that's kind of where my compliment to you about your writing style came in is because, you know, thinking about it, that, that individuals are going to have to read that and then, you know, speak it in their mind and people move their tongue a little bit when they're reading the words. Um, so there's a lot, I think there's just a lot there to, to unpack and, and people can get better and better at it. And that's why I always hope that technology will be used to be more civil to each other because ultimately it has to do with how we 
communicate and how we intend to communicate. And we need examples. We can't just stipulate rules forever and have a you know robust society. We need to actually, people need to hear each other talking to each other with respect and being open-minded. And the technology really helps though absorb. If you, if you take a difficult subject and you have it played back, you can just keep listening to it and listening to it until you don't get that, that like a f- freezing from the new subject. Like say it's about AI or something, just listen to it 27 times. I did that with an Amazon job description until I basically had it memorized. And if I would have kept reading it, it, I would have been too frustrated. It just doesn't absorb the same way through your eyes. Boy, you and I, boy, we have the same exact idea of a fun Saturday night. Let me tell you, Jake. Although I could be sitting there with my compare docs and my 10Ks, and you're just listening to a job post 27 times. Yeah. Or we could we could actually uh, go into VR and uh, maybe read the SEC filings together in the same yes. like the, in the same thing, kind of like a a, a, a a poetry slam, like a <laughs> SEC. Uh, anyway, right. <laughs> so so Emily, what what else you got? Um, I I was curious. Uh, do you feel like you're able to kind of shape the discussion of like the future of tech through the articles that you're writing about? That's a great question. You know, I don't, I tend not to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I hope, I hope that's the case, but um, I, I know that just, I, I know we have a loyal following inside Amazon. And so I think that is one example of, um, and I know this based on the sometimes negative reaction to, to what we do. Um, it's, 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 it's not entirely negative, but it's, there's some negative to it. I, we just recently started a new podcast of our own. I'll give a little plug here, uh, called day two, Yeah, day two, day two which as folks who know, Amazon would, can imagine that name alone would not be a popular name for a show inside Amazon. And, and we heard it. Um, we heard that fact and we know that they're, you know, not necessarily, <laughs> fans of that name, nor of all the content that we have in the thing, because it is, and our point was, it's not just about it. Yeah. it that whole idea is making sure that Amazon was founded and is based on the principle that the customer is the top priority and you right. start with the customer and you work backwards. And Obsessed. there's a lot of other constituencies that get lost in that mix as I think represented yeah. by the current union situation. Um, and so the premise of the show is what about everybody else? Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Amazon sees day two more as we have uh, expired. <laughs> you know, Amazon is, has, is no longer a startup. We've gone into a day two mentality. And, it, and I don't think it should be negative. I think it should be a sign of evolution that they're uh-huh. thinking of folks other than customers. But to, to your question, Emily, that I think that sort of indirectly, I, I hope that um, by speaking truth to power, ideally, you know, if we can meet, meet that bar. It's a high bar and I don't think we always meet it, but I think by doing that, we can influence the the shape of things. Um, mm-hmm. I know, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos pays very close attention to press in general. And a lot of times you won't see change inside Amazon until there's been a wave of, of press uh, yeah. about mm-hmm. something that is critical of them. And if we can be a small part of that, I think that's a victory. And, and, in all forms, it, with every company and with every person out there that we cover, um, being a, a accurate reflection of what's going on in a way that can make them somewhat introspective and potentially lead to change. Yeah, that's a great think, answer. 
Yeah, I think there's a, some humility that has to come along with that. And you could tell it kind yeah. of catch, catches you off guard when you're asked to. How much? Yeah, I mean, come on, who's going to sit here and say, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, every word I write is reshaping the universe. <laughs> I, just wanna, I went to journalism school. I just want to know, like, the Geek Wire, like, where did that name come from? Oh. Uh, the, so um, a, a lot of thesaurus checking, a mm -hmm. lot of domain searching. <laughs> I think we bought the domain for like $5,000 at the time. Um, it was, it was, you know, we were wow. starting a business, so it was a good little investment to make. The whole idea was we, you know, we're connecting this world of, of tech people. Um, you I, of the two of us, John, John Cook and myself, I am much more of the, the techie person, the geek of the person. Although I think we try to define geek as, you know, someone who's passionate about anything, yeah, mm -hmm. not just tech. Um, but and and John is much more of the extrovert and the connector and the person who's out in the community. And like, I, we get done with an event, and I'm just like drained. You know, like, oh god, okay, oh, yeah. I'm done. Stop. <laughs> no more. No more input. And John's like, he's just fired up and fueled up, and he's ready for more. And so he's much more of the wire. So, oh, so anyway. that's okay. So, so. But, although although we didn't come to that conclusion. We didn't personify it until later, until our egos got completely blown out of proportion. Originally, it was about the community, and then we just went sideways, and it became all about us. <laughs> you know, I always, I like wire, like, you know, like the wire, like on the wire. And I always thought that, you know, it was like, <clears throat> you know, you imagine those old timey guys with the hat with that, with the little sticker that says like press in it. He's like, Hey, yeah. what's going on on the wire? Yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, what's no, no, the no, scoop? Yeah. Scoop the telegram. You know? The newswire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for like sure. That was part of, that was part of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was literally um, a wire going across the Atlantic, right? That mm -hmm. was, that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, so, or are you a musician? I wanted to see, I see two guitars back there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself a musician. I play guitar. <laughs> Do you write? Music? Oh, nice. oh, no, no, no. I, I, I love to, I, I will say one thing about yes. this whole time is I've sort of gone back and in a variety of ways, been able to revisit things that I had set aside. And, you know, I took guitar and music lessons as a kid. And, um, can you play I've Eleanor just, Rigby? Not on demand. I could, <laughs> if you let me practice for a week, I could, I could, I could maybe make it so you could recognize it. Will you but one no, day use your power to, to, Enhance <laughs> your career in music. Yeah, I my my aspiration is to like come up with a version of our podcast theme that could sort of be the alternative take. Mm. I'm not there yet, but I, I I love Taylor guitars, and I got the the one right here over my shoulder is actually their beginner guitar that the um, Taylor Academy 12N uh -huh. for the guitar geeks out there 12EN actually, and I love it because it's 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 inex relatively inexpensive, you know. But um, it was made for beginners so that it's nylon and it's got an armrest, which is usually a feature of super high-end guitars. But that armrest is amazing. It's basically a, a machined-in versus it's. I could go on and on. I, I love the cool. guitar. You yeah. got to get a good compressor, good reverb, and uh, you know, do some recording. You know? Do you know that uh, Emily is a professional violinist? Yes, yes, really? I am yeah. transitioning to yes, professional. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Profesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I just transitioned to the tech world this year, <laughs> but wow. it's been so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know more. Where have you played? Or like, what um, have you... I've yeah. well, I've I've been a freelancer for a couple of years, so I've 
played, I've uh, been subbing with the Baltimore Symphony, a um, couple wow. other symphonies around the country. I've been doing some solo recitals, some TV stuff, <laughs> so a bunch of everything. That's awesome. But, yeah. yeah. She's, <laughs> she's going to share. She's going to share. We'll keep you in the loop. That's great. Should, I wish I'm we still waiting for uh, your, your SoundCloud link, I think. SoundCloud? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll yeah, we got to get that. <laughs> yeah, um, put it on the show. So we're coming up on 55 minutes. We're getting ready to end here. Uh, final question. I'll kick it over to Emily. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so <laughs> since I'm new, I've been kind of trying to get involved and as active and trying to learn as much as I can. So I've heard a lot of predictions from people in the voice field and, or conversation design field about the future of tech. And I was wondering, coming from a journalist perspective, what you think about where tech is going. Yeah, um, I've been focusing a lot lately on just the power of these big tech companies. Mm -hmm. And obviously Amazon is, I think, the prototypical example. And at the same time, the whole notion of how much of our lives have started to revolve around screens. And I've putting those two things together, it's a bit of a count, counter trend I think that the next few years, in part as a result of the pandemic, will result in a bit of a backlash where um, analog things, books, talking to each other in person. Oh, yeah. Um, small companies, small gatherings, intimate uh, things where we all are, you know, much more experiential and, and, I, I just I think that there's there may be in a good way a return to some things that we've lost in the digital shift. And um, so basically, yeah. like if there was a big EMP, that's kind of we're oh, we just do we just lose them? Oh, oh nope. sorry, okay. sorry, <laughs> sorry. So, so what you're saying is is that where the pendulum has swung one way, it's going to come back and kind of even itself so. out after it goes back the other way. Yeah, forced to make a prediction. That's that's what I would say. You know, I, a lot of the in the media world, um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for print magazines, weekly newspapers, niche, small, mm -hmm. to supplement online. You know, so much goes flying by us every day to the point of you know the the pocket thing that I was mentioning earlier. I think that there's opportunities to kind of capture it and present it in a way that um, is more consumable and at, at a leisurely pace. That, yeah. That'd be my one prediction. Yeah. My, uh, I used to have teachers back in grade school and they used to always say something like, um, to the effect of when I was a kid, we could access 70% of all the information in the world. And now you kids can't access nearly 3% or something like that because it was toward, it was the early to mid nineties. The internet was coming on board. All this information was being accessible. I mean, it's, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. And uh, yeah. back in the day, whenever, you know, encyclopedias came out annually, that's pretty much what you got. That was the answer. But now with this technology, it's uh, it's gotten a little harder to stay up on it. Um, AJ, final question. Well, I was going to I was going to just say thank you uh, again for uh, coming yeah. on the show. It's it's just really very, very cool to be able to talk with you and joke with you a little bit and hear your insights. And I really appreciate that karma of saying yes. I, I think oh, it yeah. matters a lot. 
And, uh, you know, Ben tells me that when he goes down, walks down the street in New York City, he intentionally tries to greet in the individuals that he sees. And it's it's not because of uh, anything other than exercising his choice, the free will to be able to do that and remembering to do that. And uh, I was going to say, I'm going to just make a recommendation. There's a book called The Divided Brain and the Making of the Western World. It's by Dr. Ian McGillchrist. And the entire book is about the differences of the two hemispheres of the brain, about mm. how they are non-apophotic. They can't, they can't say no to each other, um, but they can't force each other. What and, and that the left hemisphere is where words come from, but the right hemisphere is what understands context. And so how do you oscillate? And the book is all of the information that he could gather since the beginning of the, since about the sixth century. And the point was that Western civilizations continually go into this spiral where they, the, there's a devaluation of the individual, there's a desire to police the world, and choice becomes corrupted. And I feel just like I'd like to recommend that book to you, um, or just something along those lines, because you're looking for oh, yeah. ways to reach people and to not fall into those traps. And uh, thank, uh, that's it. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Divided Brain is the name of that. Yes. It sounds great. You I'll get the audible first. version. How's that? Well, uh, John Cleese says it's the most important book he's ever read. And then the Archbishop, Archbishop of Canterbury said that he thinks that given the context, it's most relevant book, even above the Bible for this century wow. i i swear a aj is a renaissance man but the reason like, he why he knows said a little that is bit because about he everything. felt that people were losing the ability i've asked teachers this many times do you think that children are losing the ability to, to discern what a moral is in a story and all of the teachers say yes and that's not some that's something morality it comes from the right hemisphere the left hemisphere sees things just differently yep. and i just want to get the word out there that's great so I have two questions. Uh, the first one is, and this is, uh, this is pretty hard hitting. I mean, you may even think like, man, this guy must have went to journalism school. <laughs> oh, have, man. have you subscribed to voice spark Alexa and more on YouTube? <laughs> of course. Wait on YouTube. I've subscribed. <laughs> on YouTube. See, I'm a, I'm an Android guy like AJ is. Mm -hmm. So I also, I had to have somebody show me this clubhouse thing too. Is my long way of saying I've subscribed in Google Podcasts, which is my preferred mm -hmm. way of consuming. Uh, cool. I will let one here. If you, you want to ask you that question again, if you can hook that up, I feel like I, you know what? I feel like I'm in a clubhouse room right now, and yeah. I got my hand, I got my hand out. Like I'm like, hey, just just hit the subscribe button. No. By the way, well, I was I was I'll really tempted to uh, say, you know, did you see the reports today that Twitter? Uh, Bloomberg had the scoop mm -hmm. has been was in talks to acquire Clubhouse for four billion dollars. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. my as, gosh. <laughs> as I was hearing you all talk about the, wow. uh, you know, basically the tip in Clubhouse, I'm like, they better be asking for a cut if they're going to yeah. justify that valuation. Yeah. Um, right. But you can see, I mean, the monetization, they've got to figure that out. And I think yeah. what you were talking about earlier and the story you brought up, Emily, I think I think that's like the first of many, many steps that they're going to, I would have told, I would have told them 2.5 and that's Twitter's problem. <laughs> Figure out the monetization. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut you a deal. 2.5. And here you go. Um, the other follow-up question is, can we apply for geek of the week? Of, of course. Are you now, now here's the, the challenging part of this. You, yes, you can apply for anything. Um, 
<laughs> you can uh, ask for anything. Okay, wait. I oh, say I have subscribed, and not only that, but I've turned on notifications. On oh Jesus! Wow. Oh man, that's which I praise. You're, you're asking it, for it now. As I went to the page, I got the weird delay that threw me off there for a second. So sorry if I was weird. <laughs> um, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, a geek of the week. Oh can yes, we apply for no, geek of the week. You can. It, no, we tend to do our features on people in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's moving to, he's moving to Washington. I'm actually going to be moving to Linden, Washington. Oh, then yes. Unequivocally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'd like to know Score. if you'll come back. Of yeah, course I will. You guys are great. And I, I, I to, to, to be totally candid, I, you know, Nick, when he first reached out, I made a point of subscribing and I've been listening to the shows. I really enjoy it. Highly recommended. Yeah. How can I give you a blurb? It was the greatest experience I've had in 45 oh, minutes. We're gonna know. we're gonna put that we're gonna put that right on the website. Ben's probably Maybe listening right, right now. Ben, write it up. If, if only Emily had started it out with a violin solo, then oh, it have, that's the only thing that would have been better. Oh. All right. Maybe next, time. next show. Yes. So yes. I think Emily uh, Emily did Emily get her last uh, question in. She did. Yes, I did. Yeah, mm -hmm. you did. Yeah. Okay, then I do have one 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 final final, and that is. If Mabel was next to you, what would you sh say, hey, Mabel, about? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's a good that's one. Put me on the top. Put me on the spot. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, I mean. Uh, Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. No. So I've been, to, to the point of all this, wrapping it all, you know, I think the biggest risk in Amazon's big growth is sort of it's leaving humanity behind in some ways. And mm -hmm. I've been focusing a lot lately for a variety of reasons, actually on my hometown of Orland, California, mm -hmm. rural community. Um, I wrote a, a pretty long form story about Amazon opening a delivery station there. And they, there is one neighbor, one neighbor of this place, his name's Daryl Schnauer. And he lives immediately across the street. Nobody bothered to walk across the street and knock on this guy's door and tell him what was going on. I looked through the planning records and figured out that there were going to be 200 trucks a day going down his rural road. Whoa. And his, his, his comment, which was the quote of the story was, Holy Jesus. That was a spontaneous <laughs> comment. <laughs> very, very rural, religious, <laughs> sacrilegious in that case, I guess thing. But to me that, I've been talking that I've been really digging in and trying to understand like what, what is getting lost in this big push to, to get big by Amazon and others. And I, I know it's kind of a re recurring theme and that story that I've been looking into and continuing to report on is part of what has informed some of my answers here today. And so I, I, yeah, it's that, overall that, vigilance. Yeah. It's vigilance is altruism and it feels very good to know that, you yeah. and others are out there keeping an eye on Thanks, things AJ. and pushing back against just bloat and whatever else may be. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, so, it's, 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 it's humanity. I mean, it's like yes. being real and yep. that, that making sure that doesn't get lost. That's Thank exactly you for that. right. Yeah. So um, uh, Todd, what we're going to do now is bounce you out, say a few nice things about you, pay some, uh, um, Respect to Witlingo, our sponsor mm -hmm. for this month. And if you could, please stand back behind uh, backstage for just a moment. And uh, we'll be with you in a sec. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. That was awesome. What do you guys think? Yeah. That was cool. That was really fun. And I just love the idea of like, um, like 
you know, talking to somebody from the journalistic standpoint yeah. of voice first and tech and yeah. all that other stuff. And there's just a kind of energy up. from journalists that they have. It's a real, mm-hmm. real good conversationalist and they have really and insightful. It's Emily, nice to have a different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Emily, when you meet a yeah? can you say something about wet lingo? Ooh. Oh, you mean about. Yeah. My, okay. Sponsorship. So I, oh yes. Uh, well, I will be presenting um, at Whitlingo uh, on April 30th. Cool. So, yes. <laughs> and um, just so you know, they do have a mobile app that is hooked right. up to all of the voice apps uh, that you create for them. So you're able to uh, update your flash briefings or your custom skills or your Google Actions all by one mobile app all on the fly. So for all your voice uh, voice app needs go to Witlingo, and with Whitlingo. that being said, next week is going to be a special episode headed up by Emily and Julia. It's going to yes. be uh, Ladies' Night, and Monique yes. Howard. I'm so excited! <laughs> yep, Monique Howard and Andy Muncy is going to be on the show. Andy yeah. is going to be joining from Da Nang, Vietnam, and I believe. If I'm not mistaken, Monique is from the South. So uh, I believe Louisiana, but I I could have that wrong. But I'm super excited for that and super excited for Emily and Julia to lead the show. Yes. So with that being said. You excited, Emily? Yes. (laughs) All right. So with that being said, I think we're good for the outro. What do you guys think? Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take good care.